Okay, check, check. One, two. Howdy, hey, hello. Welcome to Munch and Mingle. Um, I am very excited for the guest that I have today. Was this just put together last second? Yes, but I can't believe I almost missed this opportunity. So today on Munch and Mingle, we are going to be talking with my Aunt Natalie. Aunt Nat? Hey, Hi. how are you guys? It's great to be here to make some bread and some goodies. Yes. So this is my great aunt, Nat. She's not my great aunt. She's a great aunt. And before we get into really what we're doing here, I just wanted to um, introduce you to her. So from my point of view, um, growing up, Aunt Nat was always the aunt you aunt's house you wanted to go to because she was always making something good and it was always homemade so that's how I grew up knowing that I loved food because aunt Natalie helped us learn how to love food in such a great way and to have a great relationship with it she's also a big role model for me in starting my cosmetology journey (laughs) she is a licensed cosmetologist and she has lived out my dream of having a salon in her home that is that's my goal one day good times good times (laughs) it's the best job ever oh yeah so okay Aunt Allie um first tell us tell us what your life was like growing up like where did you grow up from what what was life like so I had the same thing that I had fabulous role models. My aunts were all fabulous cooks. My mother was a wonderful cook and they knew how to make delicious food. So I grew up learning how to cook and knowing how to do um, what they, they did because it made people happy. Whenever we had gatherings, it was about the food and the conversations. And it was just fun being in the kitchen, visiting with our aunts. And we loved it and grew up in a small town and we grew our food from a garden. So we did lots of bottling and canning and made things from scratch. And that's how we grew up. We made everything mostly by ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't go to the grocery store every week. We got basics, but we grew it and we raised it on our own. Yeah. So Natalie grew up in a little old town in Utah called Richfield. Now, I I don't know. I've only known about Richfield from what you, my, my, so Natalie is my dad's sister, from what dad has told me about when we've gone back a couple times. Um, when you were growing up, so in the family, there goes Uncle Wade, yep. then, then my dad, yep. then Aunt Jen, and then you, yep. and then Aunt Jess. So... I was going to say like you growing up, you were a tomboy. Oh, for sure. But you totally sure. grabbed onto the homemaking and everything. I, I wanted nothing to do with dolls or dresses <laughs> or girl stuff. Nothing. I wanted to be outside playing sports mm-hmm. and was definitely a tomboy, but I loved food. Like yeah. that's mom's cooking was delicious, you know, and that's, and both of my parents worked. So, you know, there was times that they needed us to help out. So we helped out making dinners and Mm -hmm. they were busy and we helped out as a family. Was there ever a time when growing up, like if grandma couldn't make dinner or whatnot, were you ever like in charge of that? Or was that just everyone had to make their own thing? No, that's, we would, we would help out and make dinner for the whole family. Okay. So absolutely. And usually Sunday dinners, we all, all the girls helped mom get Sunday dinner together and we, we worked together as a family. Wow. Okay. So then, um, you graduated. 
Yep. And then you went to college. Southern Utah University. Yes. Go T-Birds <laughs> in Utah. Yes, of course. <laughs> Which was, compared to Richfield, anywhere out of there was big town. Yeah, city. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. When Okay, so for a lot of people who've gone that journey or in that journey right now, how did your food journey change when you were in college? Did you really start then cooking more or was it just more what you had already learned? So again, that's food for me was about gathering. Mm -hmm. And so since I had roommates and whatnot, I enjoyed cooking stuff for my roommates. And the more that they complimented on the food, I was like, well, I'm going to find another recipe to make. And you know, you loved the compliments. You loved, you know, getting the praise from people that loved your food. And it was like, Oh, let's find something new, something different. And I also had one of my best friends, Jennifer Young, her mom, Sandra Young, was also a great influence. She was a phenomenal cook, and she actually put together her own little cookbook of these wonderful recipes, and so she was a great influence. I just had a lot of people that loved to cook and were great cooks, and I just picked up on them and followed their their trail that they showed us. And so, yeah, so in college it was fun and you wanted to impress the boys, of you know, because if the boys like your food, then they're going to like you, I right? I remember you were saying that, like if you, you would be the one who you would make the food and they would come. Absolutely. Especially like general conference weekend. That was yeah. your big thing. That was the time to shine. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So then college and now family life now. So just give us a little synopsis of Yep. Life now. So I got married after um, going to hair school and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. And when you start having babies, you go, what am I going to make for my kids? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, they need to have good food. And so I would experiment and try doing the purees and trying to d- make your own baby food. And I was like, I don't know if I have time for that. <laughs> but then as they got a little bit older, you know, maybe four or five, six years old, I wanted healthier food for him. Mm-hmm. So it was, okay, if we're going to have mac and cheese, I'm going to get squash and I'm going to grate up the squash and put squash in there or, mm-hmm. you know, find different ways to hide or mask, you know, veggies into yeah. <laughs> meals oh, and whatnot. We do or, have to talk about yes. your voice growing up. So, um, and it's so funny because Wyatt's in the other room, so he'll hear this. So I remember growing up was Wyatt particularly, particularly did not like Fruit. fruit. Yes. <laughs> Wyatt, the oldest, hated fruit. Could not. It was a texture thing. Could not stand fruit. And he was a savory boy. Garrett, yeah. on the other hand, he was my sugar sweets boy. He I loved loved fruit, loved anything sweet. And he is not the savory type. Mm-hmm. So two completely different children and trying to figure out how to and feed. And figuring out that. Yes. <laughs> Are they still that way? Uh, totally. Okay. Completely different. <laughs> Wyatt, well, Garrett, he he is starting to like steak and whatnot, but Wyatt was meat and potatoes. That's, oh, yeah. He wants the hearty, you know, meat and good stuff, and Garrett's getting better. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay, so today's munchie and kind of what brought us here is homemade bread. And what happened all of a sudden because of that is homemade cinnamon rolls. So... What we're going to do, we're going to go through the recipe that Aunt Nat brought and just some things that she went over it with me. Like that was why she was coming over today is I've been begging her like, please, please teach me how to make bread. Um, And particularly since I have a very healthy husband, teach me how to make healthy bread, aka wheat bread. (laughs) So that's what we did. Um, So we're just going to kind of go through that and all that that brought. 
Okay, so we're going to go over the recipe first. So Awesome. So the recipe that we're using today comes from the Amazing Wheat book. And I absolutely love this one. The author, her name is Liarda Moulton, and she has over 25 years of experience with wheat and um, using natural foods and just taking care of your family. So I have really, really loved this recipe, and it's easy. That's why it is so great. Okay. And you, you've used a couple of other recipes. Like that's yes. what, that's how you found this yep. book. Okay. Um, first off, before we even get into the recipe at night, we were talking about like, if you could make a list of either top three or top five things, just when making bread, what would they be? Are things you live by? <laughs> so you definitely need to use fresh ingredients. Um, I have found that using flour that has gone rancid, is horrible, does not lift, does not get any, um, it's tastes terrible and Mm -hmm. you're not going to get, uh, your bread to rise. Same with yeast. You need to have a good yeast that you want to be able to have bubbles in there and make it nice and airy. And if you don't have that, you're out of luck. Some of the helps that work to make your bread lighter, fluffier, and to have your bread last longer You can use vinegar. Mm -hmm. Vinegar, if you use one teaspoon of vinegar for about every two and a half to three cups of flour, it adds some amazing lift to your flour. Um, Your dough enhancers, um, gluten flour work amazingly to keep your bread um, lasting longer and um, increase the elasticity in it. So those are my favorite things to add to almost any bread recipe. And with the flour, like, because you grind i grind it fresh from wheat yep absolutely so that's like number one if we if someone doesn't have a wheat grinder what would be what's your next if you have to go buy flour from the store that's go look for a good wheat flour and um, i've never used this specific recipe for uh with white flour Mm -hmm. but my favorite white flour recipe is betty crocker's Mm -hmm. just a simple basic white bread and go to that recipe and You can use the same thing. You can add your dough enhancer to that, or you can add the vinegar to increase it. But Betty Crocker's got it down for a basic white bread. Usually these enhancers are great for wheat bread because wheat bread is always known for being dry and crumbly. And these things enhance it and help it last longer. Okay. And as far as like yeast, just any yeast from the store? Um, you can, usually I like the quick rice okay. that's, um, those are my favorite. So pick your favorite brand. Um, you can buy the Fleischmann's or the, um, Costco has the bigger, um, uh, I think it's star. I don't remember which ones, but mm. any yeast will work. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So let's go over this recipe. Okay. So the bait, this one, this basic wheat bread recipe is five cups of flour, the wheat flour, and five cups of hot water, one third cup of honey, one half to one cup of gluten flour, three tablespoons of yeast, two thirds cup oil or vegetable oil. Um, You can use, excuse me, olive oil or vegetable oil and one tablespoon of salt. And you first, I like to, um, take my yeast and put that in with about one cup of water mm-hmm. with the honey to just make sure you, the yeast is going to bubble up and it's going to be worth using. That way you're not wasting a whole, you know, a couple loaves of bread and find your yeast didn't work. So that's yeah. my starter. And you taught me, um, 
spray the measuring cup before you put the honey in. Yes, if you Definitely spray it with a vegetable <laughs> spray, the honey comes right out of your cup mm-hmm. for sure. And on that recipe, you said gluten flour, but we just use dough enhancer. We in use that the, place. Yep, we can use the dough enhancer as well. Okay, so perfect, perfect. And then you mix those uh, items together. And the key is after you add your five cups of flour with the water and all the other ingredients, you're going to slowly add possibly another two to three cups of flour after that. So that the total is actually about seven to eight cups. Mm -hmm. It depends on your humidity level. It's one of those things that you just slowly start adding those last cups of flour and you watch the dough and make sure that it doesn't get too stiff. You want to keep it just a teeny bit sticky, but pretty much you want it all incorporated and a nice firm dough and be careful when you're using your, when you're measuring your flour that you don't pack it in. Yes. So if you're a packer and the flour gets too much or too much in a cup, you'll use less of those two to three cups in the end. If it's too light, you'll use a little Mm -hmm. extra more. So it's kind of, you got to kind of play it by ear and kind of just watch your dough. Yeah. <clears throat> but when you touch it, it should not stick to your finger. That was the big thing because we almost used up to nine. We were almost cups. about and, and eight and a half cups. Yeah. yeah. And the one thing also like, well, first we need to talk about your mixer. Oh, yes. Because we've got to talk about this. <laughs> I, I thought it was only our family who really knew, but I'm starting to realize, no, they're out there. KitchenAid versus a Bosch. I will always go to a Bosch mixer mm-hmm. because Especially it is. Especially for bread. For anything, it is industrial strength. So, and it, the it's commercial strength. Mm-hmm. I have had my Bosch mixer since I graduated high school, which was thirty some years ago, and still going strong. And it is still going oh my strong. Gosh. Yes, I've broken maybe a couple beaters. No. The the wire whisks. You don't want to <laughs> no. use the tough stuff with those, but it works phenomenally well. And I feel like the KitchenAid. You you only can make small batches where the Bosch I've made I you can make up to six loaves of bread in the Bosch. And there's some things that are great for the kitchen. Yes, absolutely. But just for this we I mean <clears throat> it's through the family. How long has grandma had hers? That's <laughs> as long as I have known my mother, she's yeah. had a Bosch. And grandma's the one who gave <laughs> yeah. me a Bosch for my wedding and that's what we're using. So we love the Bosch wow. mixers. And they Yeah. It's good. Now, going and back. It has a dough hook on it. That's the nice thing yes. is we use the Bosch mixer with the dough hook mm-hmm. to do all of our kneading <laughs> for the bread. So that's going to save your arms, and it's really going to give it a lot of great elasticity in there. So It'll save your arms, but yep. somehow you'll still get an arm workout through this yes. later on. Yes, you will. Um, when, and this was the thing that I learned when we were adding the flour, and you're like, okay, is it not sticking to the bowl and whatnot? You you did stop a couple of times just to get your spatula in there yep. to kind of move it away. And then you would start mixing it again and it would stick. So that's how we knew. Okay, yep. it's not. That was my thought. I was like, oh, just don't touch it. But if you do that, there's always a part that will stick. But yep. after a while, it it literally was just like a mound. A yeah, absolutely. So if you keep keep incorporating all of the dough into the middle of the where the dough hook mm-hmm. can stick to it all, it it works much better. Yeah. Okay. So then yeah. we got it to that point yep. and then we so take it out. We take, you take we the take dough hook out. out and you take all the dough off the dough hook and then you dump out all of the dough onto a lightly floured surface. Mm-hmm. We don't need and then we just that. put a little bit of flour on McKenna's hands and she mm-hmm. just gave it a few gentle kneading, um, 
motions, folding it in half and pushing this it away. This is where the arm workout yep. came in. <laughs> That's folded in half, push it away from you, and then fold it in half and it use like your heel. Wrapping a burrito. Like yeah. you, you pinched it with your fingers, you wrapped, and then you tucked the sides in. Yep. When you, so after you've kneaded it a little bit, then you break it into four, into oh, three that. sections. I'm skipping this section. Yep. My bad. <laughs> you, you've uh, cut it into three sections, and that's when you form your loaf. Yes. And when you're forming your loaf, I like to kind of keep rolling it nice and tight to get all the air bubbles out, and then kind of tuck the sides in and give it another tight roll, and then you put it in your greased up loaf, br- pan. loaf pan. And then push it down so it fills all the corners. Yes. And once you have those two done, so we could have made three loaves, three loaves. but we made two loaves and then we made um, cinnamon rolls for the third one. Oh, so good. Yeah. So, and what you taught me with the oven, we turned it on, but we, it was like not even 200. It was just to warm it. Yep. And then we turned it off. If you don't have a warm place to let your your bread rise, it's a little faster in the oven. If you can just heat it up for maybe about five minutes, get it warm in there, and then you can have your bread, turn it off, mm-hmm. yeah. make sure we it's turned off yet. where you're not cooking yet, and then put it on the the lowest rack um, in your oven and just put your loaves in there because they'll be ready to cook after they've risen and you're going to let them rise for about anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. You want them so they're just above the um, the tin, the yes. loaf tin. And then you turn the oven on to 350 and you're going to cook them for 30 minutes till they're nice and golden brown. And everybody's oven di- is different. So it could be 30, 35 minutes, but just watch it. It should sound when you thump it, it should sound hollow on the top. Wow. And one thing you were also teaching me is once you put them in there to rise, you're not moving them. You don't move them. You don't, you don't touch open them. It. No. I mean, you're using your window. If you don't have yep. a window on an oven, they all just, do. They well, okay. Most, one most of my do. old apartments okay. did not. Bummer. <laughs> so we're still yes. living in those. Be, ages. be careful. So then, if if that, you just open a little, yep. then you go. And when you start cooking, do not open it because it could ruin everything. So okay. And then, so your cinnamon rolls, we rolled those out into a nice little rectangle and they were probably about a quarter inch thick. Mm -hmm. And then what did we learn about the rolling pin? Or I had to be taught. Well, the rolling pin, don't push it. You let it roll or it will Mm -hmm. tear the dough. And when you are rolling, it's one direction. Yes. Like you're not going, okay, I'm going up to the left. Now I'm going up to the right. It's okay. Straight forward and all. When you're wanting a nice rectangle, go forward and backwards and then side to side. Straight. Yep. And then uh, you take a little bit of butter that's melted, pour it on there, and just make sure the whole entire square of dough is covered. And then same thing, just a small um, a small layer of brown sugar. brown sugar, and then sprinkle the whole thing with cinnamon sugar. sugar. Generously. Generously, yes. if you love it. <laughs> and we didn't have raisins, but you can add raisins or nuts <laughs> or whatever you want to it if you wanted to. That's where you would put it in. Yes. There, before yep. you roll it. Yep. And then when you start rolling it, make sure it's a nice tight roll, kind mm-hmm. of roll and then pull it towards you and then roll it again because you don't want it to be loose. You want the those layers nice and tight together. And then you can use um, a sharp knife to cut it into pieces. And this this third loaf made about 12 cinnamon rolls, mm-hmm. so it fit perfect into a small cake pan. Yeah. I really need to get some dental floss though. So then I feel and like I'm actual professional. If you're using dental <laughs> floss, don't use mint oh, yeah. dental floss. <laughs> Make sure it's no flavor. No flavor. Come on. (laughs) Have you tried it with real mint floss? Um, I tried it. I had it with cinnamon and you could taste the cinnamon flavor in there. So don't make sure there's no flavor. (laughs) Oh my goodness. 
minutes. Okay. Um, Other things. So we, I forgot to go over this. I mean, we kind of talked about things you could add to the cinnamon rolls. What about the breads? When, what Uh flavors can you add to that? And when do you add that in the process? So if you want to add some flavors to your bread when you're kneading it, that is when you would add it. And this uh, recipe that I use, she likes to use um, shredded uh, cheddar cheese with onion bits or chopped up onions and roll it in there. So you've got a nice cheesy loaf. Or you can use all sorts of herbs to throw it in there. You can do um, cinnamon raisins. So as you're kneading it, you could put that cinnamon flavor in there with raisins and make a cinnamon bread. You can do anything you want. I did one with anise flavoring because I like that mm. anise flavoring kind of Italian. What is anise flavoring? It's kind of, it's almost tastes like black licorice that people hate. Oh, that would that probably would be, be why I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I like that in a yeah. bread. But you can find all sorts. If you like the garlic bread, you mm. put some garlic That's in there. Well. You can do all. But that's the time you do it is when you're kneading it. Knead it really good, and um, you can sprinkle some Parmesan cheese on top that will oh. get all nice and melty and crusty on you know when it's cooking. So it's really yummy. You can flavor it up all different ways and just be very creative with yeah. it. Oh yeah, okay. for sure. So so we did that. We made it. Um, I currently am, have two loaves of bread on yeah. my counter. Well, okay, one and a half because we've kind of started <laughs> to go through it. And I would just like to say during this. Um, Britain did come home from practice and he was going to be the one that I was like, this could be make or break (laughs) because he is our go-to health nut. And I am happy to say that he said, oh yeah, I'm going to start using this. I'm going to start be eating this in the morning. And it just warmed my heart that I can make bread and toasted, (laughs) toasted whole wheat bread is Mm. amazing with homemade melted butter. Yes. Tell her, (laughs) tell them about your homemade butter. Also, we made butter. Like, I feel like a pioneer. <laughs> and also, since we are talking about exercise and the the fitness that can come making bread, let's talk about the it's whole level of fitness of making butter. <laughs> we did not have anything to churn with. So what we were told, you can use a mason jar. Yeah. But <laughs> did not have a mason jar. So we grabbed one of Britain's blender bottles, put two of the little metal shakers in there, and we just... Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it turned into cement. It got so much more heavier as we continued to shake it. It was the original shake weight is what I was calling Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But it was so insane. Like it started from heavy whipping cream and then it got, it looked like whipping cream pretty mm-hmm. much through it. And then it literally separated So we, from that to liquid. Well, our arms got very oh, tired. Yes. <laughs> so we put it in the famous Bosch mixer with the wire whisks mm-hmm. and we cranked that sucker on high and that finished it off for us because we were just <laughs> too tired. Too, we could not shake no more. We even no had Britain try and he was like, uh, it's, it's not moving. <laughs> too thick, too much going on there. So once we got it in the Bosch mixer, it started to separate. And as it separates, you dump out the liquids. You can save it that, um, you can use it for buttermilk. Oh. Um, you can That's use it. There's idea. other things you could use it for, but we we just kind of we didn't use we it didn't use that. it. We were on a mission for butter. Yep. And then as soon as you've um, uh, whisked it as much as you can and got the solids together, then you get a spatula and you press all the extra liquids out. You want mm-hmm. all the liquid out. Some people will rinse off the liquids. I usually don't because the butter disappears too yeah. fast to worry about it. So and then you want to add a table or a teaspoon. Excuse me, a teaspoon of salt. 
if you want it flavored. You can use it to sweet buttercream if right. you're baking, but we like the little bit of salt in the butter. So one teaspoon of salt makes it amazing. It was so good. Like I just, oh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like I took a picture of a normal piece of wheat bread with normal store-bought butter next to a slice of our homemade bread with homemade butter. And it's just like, it's so happy. It it's is. just so happy that I can look at it and be like, we made that. And how about your strawberry homemade jam? Okay, well, we haven't made that yet. Um, there is a family. You have made it with me in the I past. I guess I have made it with you in the past. Now <clears> I just need to know that I can make it in my own home. Yes. Which that is like a family thing. Yeah. Family that tradition. bread with that strawberry yes. jam. That's the next goal. Couple generations. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Above all, top benefits that you would say for being able to to make your own loaf of bread at home? Well, first of all, the taste. You're mm-hmm. eating such great food. I love the taste of wheat, anything. The health factors are amazing. And just knowing that you know exactly what the ingredients are in what you're making. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not full of preservatives, colors, artificial flavors to make it taste good. This is just homegrown, natural, delicious food. Yeah. It, it really is like, I totally understand. You know, we were talking about this, like, the magic of like, we saw all these ingredients just a cu- couple hours ago. I had flour, I had honey, like just these simple things. And now there's this thing and it's good and I want to eat it. And absolutely. Oh, I love it. Well, it's great. Again, thank you. Thank I'm you so for having me. I have this. this. I am going to cherish this and I'm going to cherish, cherish this recipe now. And hopefully I can proudly say I am a bread maker. You are officially <laughs> now a new bread maker. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next time. And if you haven't already, go make some bread because I promise you it is good. All right. We'll see ya.